The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus had to go through Samaria. So he came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came up to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us this well, and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I give them will never be thirsty. The water that I give them will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. You can all be seated. When I was 24, I was a chaplain in a trauma hospital in northern Alabama. It sounds kind of absurd when you put it in one sentence like that. In my seminary, where I arrived when I was 23, we spent our first summers out from the seminary in a clinical setting. For me, that meant traveling from the woods of southern Wisconsin back home to Alabama, where I served in a relatively poor hospital that was the regional trauma center. The idea was not that somehow seminarians made really good trauma chaplains. It was so that those of us who had been sitting away in some library somewhere reading about the world and about theology and about God for a year or so would be shoved back into the deep end of the pool so that we would learn whether we would sink or swim. Most of us found that we could barely tread water. That was the intention, that we would somehow be saved, you would be saved from arrogant young men being foisted upon you with no experience by our getting just a few weeks of, of experience with people who are in their, sometimes their very worst days. And so we went about not just learning more about Bible and theology and history, but more about people and how these things impacted them and how to talk to them in their most difficult times. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? I don't mean being a trauma chaplain. I mean you yourself have had that moment when you wanted to say something about your Christian faith and maybe weren't sure what it was that you were supposed to say. I'm not talking about those times when someone 
trots out some outrageous thing that their pastor says, and you want to be able to say just the right thing to refute it, or somebody says something about something they saw on TikTok about our church or our faith, and you want to be able to say that's not right at all, but you aren't quite sure what to say. Those are different conversations and different skills, and different people may be called to that. I mean something much more common and pastoral and gentle. The person is confused or lonely, or hurting, or feeling lost, and you have a sense that the Christian faith could say something to them, something important, something helpful. Your heart is moved, but you aren't quite sure what to say. That's the moment I'm talking about. Sharing your faith, not in a confrontational way, not in an aggressive way, but in one that helps you and the person you love deal with life in the light of Christ. It's a skill that you can acquire. During this series, we were talking about five things that you can do to be better. Becoming better is the name of the series. And so today, I want to talk to you about five things that you can do to become better at talking about your faith. You don't have to do all of them. Please do not take away from this. Father Mills gave us another list of five things we have to do or he'll be mad at us. I hope that you'll hear one or two things that will be attractive to you that you will think, I'm going to try that. Five things that you can do to become better at sharing your faith at those times when you feel like sharing your faith would be helpful to another person. Number one, sharing your faith always begins with prayer. All of the great theologians were great people of prayer. All of the great spiritual authors were great people of prayer. All of the great apologists and evangelists for our faith were first and foremost people of prayer. Prayer is the heart's loving conversation with a loving God, one where we know ourselves to be known, where we see ourselves and feel ourselves and know ourselves to be seen by God. We see ourselves and know ourselves to be completely known, completely accepted, completely loved. If you and I are going to talk to someone else about God, it has to begin with talking about a God that we know, not a God we have read about, not a God we've been told about, but a God to whom we have spoken and who has spoken to us through the discipline of conversational prayer. And part of the prayer that goes ahead of you in this conversation with your friends is about the conversation. St. Paul, maybe our greatest, writes in Colossians 4, 6 that he prays for a particular church, that their speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt is the phrase he uses, so that they might know how to answer everyone. If you and I are going to share our faith, we need insight and maybe need tact and maybe need courage. And those are things for which and about which we can pray. Even Paul needed prayer. Even our greatest evangelist and apostle and apologist asks other people to pray for him that he might fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. To share our faith is to begin in prayer 
and to ask God and others to pray for us, that God will make known what we are to say and to whom we might say it. That's the first thing. The second thing is if you're going to talk about your faith, you have to learn to use your words. Perhaps you've heard the saying, popular now, preach the gospel at all times, use words if necessary. We used to say in the Episcopal Church, what? We are the sort of people that share the love of God more by what we do than by what we say. It's an appealing phrase, especially if you're the sort of person that doesn't want to talk about your faith. It might work for Mother Teresa, but I'll tell you a secret. I don't know that it works for the rest of us. I would love to live the sort of life where a person would come up to me at the grocery store or at the coffee shop or at the gym and say, you seem different. You seem joyful. Tell me your secret. I'll tell you a secret. That has never happened to me, ever. Not even once. I would love it, but God doesn't give me that sort of thing. Anytime that I talk about my faith, I have to use words to do so. People in my life and in your life have a deep longing for peace and joy and kindness and acceptance and purpose in life. That's what that woman was doing in the middle of the day in Samaria, out by that well, talking to a stranger, a religious fellow she did not know. She was out when others would not be there, maybe ashamed of her life, maybe feeling cut off. And it was because she had that need that when this stranger she does not know begins to talk to her about living water, she doesn't say, he's a religious crackpot. She says, tell me more. People long for to experience what St. Paul in Galatians 5 calls the fruits of the Spirit, to experience love and joy and peace, patience, gentleness, generosity, kindness, faithfulness, self-control. You and I have not done a great job of being evangelists of that. The church has not been very kind to some people. We can be impatient. We can be lacking in self-control as the rest of our neighbors. So when Christianity is offered as a means of finding peace and kindness and self-control, and it's not the newest way or the easiest way or the most exotic way, it's not surprising that people look to the world and choose other things that seem similar. So now everyone who has a bumper sticker has one about spreading kindness. People find joy in following their bliss, and peace comes from yoga. Look, I love yoga. I'm going this afternoon. It does me some really good stuff. I come away calm and centered in a way, but I'll tell you this, the calm and centered that I get from yoga is nothing like the peace that I get from knowing Jesus and His great gift to me of knowing me to be loved and you to be loved as well. A wordless gospel may have worked once for somebody, but it does not work for us now. Even if I reflect Christ, people may not know that it's because of Jesus. And so me, for me, sharing my story, sharing my faith, means learning to use my words. Number three, I have to learn to share my faith. 
I have to learn to share my story. I cannot share the good news of what God has done in Jesus by talking about someone else. People now are open more than ever to personal stories of personal experience and more suspicious than ever of authority. In a skeptical culture, my personal experience of God goes much further than telling you the contents of the book of Isaiah or the clear teachings of someone you do not know. Your friend may not know C.S. Lewis and certainly doesn't know Thomas Aquinas, but they know you and speaking about your faith in God could change a life. Telling my own story promotes dialogue. People can ask me questions about my faith and the God who is real to me becomes real to them, not just an abstract doer of miracles. But sharing what God has done for me, how God has changed my life, requires me to be vulnerable and open. I have to reveal my brokenness, my lostness, and risk rejection so that the other person can empathize and move toward the God that I know. I would love to tell people stories about other people and have them come to faith, and I bet you would as well. But if you're going to share your story, if you're going to share your faith, it has to be your faith and your story that you tell. Number four, you have to learn to ask questions. Sharing our faith typically works best in a relationship, in the context of an open relationship. Not everyone likes to talk about God. Everyone likes to talk about themselves. So might as well start there. Ask questions so that other people can uh, feel the same feeling of being known and seen that you feel. Parker Palmer, the great educator, has designed these things that are called trust circles. And the process of a trust circle is just friends sitting around, listening to one another's story, sitting in silence for a certain amount of time, and asking a question. Not a confrontational question, not a correction that's disguised as a question, but a question that helps the other hear what they are saying, listening deeply and asking questions so that the questioner understands and so that the speaker comes to understand more of what she is saying. They find wisdom and connection and belonging just in the question, just in having someone seek to understand them and helping them to understand themselves. You may never have experienced this. Your children have. It is what we call in godly play, wondering. Have a person wonder with you about your life, to wonder with another about what God is doing in their life is a liberating and healing experience. People who have been hurt by the church often conflate the people who represent God with God Himself. And the distance and judgment some people feel when they think about God has come about because they experience that from one of us, someone who was not willing to listen, who was willing to offer advice without understanding. Maybe if you listen, maybe if you listen for their story, if you listen to their heart, you will find ways to help them separate out the good and gracious Father who loves them from those of us who follow Him and often fail. Here's the last thing. 
You have to practice. You have to practice sharing your faith. You have to practice talking about your faith. It is not easy. You may say, you get up here every other week and talk for 14 minutes. Sure seems like you're getting used to it, I tell you. It never gets any less scary. It never gets any less frightening. It takes a while to figure out what I'm going to say when I get up here. It's the same with you. There are times when I am up here or in my office or at the grocery store when I say things that are not right for this time or when I remain silent when there's a perfect opportunity to say something. And yet I've learned for the, over the last 30 years that the great secret to getting better is to not give up. For you, one of the best ways that you can learn to talk about your faith with someone in your life who needs to hear the saving word of the gospel or the healing words of the Savior is to practice with one another. The church is a safe place to talk to another person, one you know well, one you know slightly, maybe someone you don't know at all. It's a safe place to say what it is that you love about our faith, what it is that God is doing in your life. And the easiest way to start if you have never had that sort of conversation before, is just to say to another person something you found meaningful or important in your experience on Sunday morning. I'm not telling you you should give up discussing politics at coffee hour. You should, but I'm not telling you that. I'm not telling you you should avoid talking about the weather or the thing you saw on TV or your favorite movie or your book or whatever it is that Starbucks is doing now. I'm telling you that at some point during those conversations with other people, you should say something about God or faith or church so that by practicing together, when God puts it in your way to be the one who says the good news of new life in Jesus to someone else in your life, you can say, I remember how to do that. I have become better at that because I practiced. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen.